0: Hi, my name is Paul Dunay, and welcome to another Buzz Marketing for Technology
1: podcast.
0: Welcome to another Buzz Marketing for Technology podcast. I'm your host, Paul Dunay, and today I'm speaking with Avinash Kaushik, a web analytics evangelist for Google and author of the blog Occam's Razor, also an author of the book, Web Analytics, An Hour a Day. So welcome to the podcast, Avinash.
1: Thank you very much, Paul. Happy to be here. Excellent. So today we're going
0: to explore some secrets around web analytics from <laughs> Avinash's book and blog. And um, so I wanted to start you off with, you know, where do you think or what do you think is most marketers, where are they going wrong when it's coming to coming down to web analytics?
1: Sure. Sure. Uh, I think that I'll touch on two quick things there. The first thing is I think that most marketers don't realize the power that they have in their hands or the things that they can use to truly measure their online channel. Um, I, I'm sort of, It upsets me every time I see the New York Times say, you know, this website had these many hits. Yeah. And and it, it is very emblematic of, of the, the, the wrong mental model that still persists because hits essentially is an acronym for how idiots track success. That's totally <laughs> Excellent! Sense. I love it. And because because ten years ago, hits stopped being meaningful, and and um, yet most marketers, uh, I think we've moved beyond hits. But you know, all we think is, you know, how many visits did I get? How many page views did I get? And and it's really that basic, primitive mental model that uh, exists um, a lot with marketers. And and I think that that is imprecise because there's so much more um, actual outcome-driven customer experience metrics that can be measured from your online presence. Um, that is uh, astonishingly actionable. Um, And a good good example of this is, you know, the ability to measure how every single goal that you have set your website for uh, to deliver on, how is how is how, is, uh, how are, are the customers meeting that goal, and is your website delivering success? Like really deep understanding of success, or a rich understanding of, uh, like like I say, you know, who are your BFFs out there? You know who are your best friends out there are right, right. sending you high quality traffic. So there's a and, 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 or understanding very accountable advertising. I always give this, this example. If I take out an ad in Time Magazine, I, I saw an ad for Chevy car in Time Magazine, and, and I thought, you know, what can you measure about that? You can measure the number of people who subscribe to Time Magazine, mm-hmm. or you can measure the number of people who might possibly have bought it in a newsstand. Um, but if that ad for Chevy car was showing up on Yahoo.com, same ad, it was showing up on Yahoo.com, and somebody searched for Chevy Malibu. You can measure exactly how many people who saw the ad, exactly the ad, not not irrelevant content, exactly the ad, and how many people clicked on it. And immediately, it's a lot more than what you might have measured for Time Magazine. But but from the Yahoo website, when I go through to Chevy.com, then I can measure as a. Did that ad drive people who interacted with my website? How many bounced? How many downloaded something? How many customized a car, applied for financing, and on and on and on? So I think that this fact that online marketing is not a faith-based initiative, like offline marketing, which sure. continues to be largely a faith-based initiative, right. the fact that it's so accountable is something that uh, that marketers miss. Um, the second thing um, that I think uh, I wanted to touch on is the fact that a lot of marketers think web analytics is only about clickstream data, you know, that you can get from Google Analytics, Omniture, Web Trends, core Metrics, pick your favorite tool. The reality, one of the things I proposed in my book, and I write about it on my blog all the time, is the fact that web analytics is not just clicks happening on your website. Web analytics also includes usability. It includes surveys. It includes competitive intelligence, data that's sitting out there, not on your website. But the fact that web analytics is a rich ecosystem of things, it includes experimentation and testing. I love A-B testing, giving the power to your customers to tell you what works and doesn't. Um, So the second thing that I think most marketers miss is that web analytics is not just about clickstream. I I call it web analytics 1.0. But but on my blog, I propose this model of web analytics 2.0. And, and that really is something that we need to embrace.
0: Uh, that is fantastic. You know, like you know, encountering, uh, like like being in the desert and, and encountering uh, you know a glass of water. You know, listening to you and, and how you're viewing it is you know just so different. Uh, Thank you. And uh, so fresh. So, all right, if if that's where we're going wrong, and, and you know, I agree, and uh, I'll confess I've stepped into those traps as well, <laughs> you know, what do you think most marketers do right when it comes to web analytics? Where, where are we going? Where are we doing the right thing?
1: Yeah. I think that um, in companies, big and small, by the way, uh, in fact, I think some of the most um, best use of data tends to happen in medium to small-sized companies because they're a lot more agile and flexible. Um, so I, there are examples from all around us. But I think that marketers do web analytics right when they, when they realize that what we what can – so, so I, I'll give you an actual example. Um, this, this company spends millions of dollars doing email marketing. And and what they have done is said um, every single email campaign that goes out is going to be tagged properly with tracking parameters. Literally takes like 10 minutes per list that goes out. And when they come to the website, what they are doing is they're segmenting out email campaigns that they send out into a separate bucket, then further segmenting the emails by offers, uh, by, by products, and by uh, by those kinds of things. And then they're truly measuring impact uh, and ROI based on those email campaigns and comparing and contrasting that to search campaigns, display campaigns, and, and overall direct traffic that's coming to the website. So the fact that in this example, they are using this advanced segmentation capability that exists literally in every single web analytics tool out there. I think it's a phenomenal use of analytics. Another use of analytics I think that I see marketers doing a lot is one of my favorite metrics of all time is bounce rate. and bounce rate, I really like the metric because at the end of the day, what, what bounce rate measures from a customer perspective is I came, I puked, I left. <laughs> it's a Phenomenal metric in the world, right? It tells you how many people come to your website and puke and leave every day, every second right. of every day. Right. And so I've increasingly started noticing marketers, what they do is they'll say, all right, let's take all the places we're spending money and let's put them right next to each other and let's measure bounce rate. At the very, It's easy to understand, right? Your campaigns where you're spending money are bringing traffic to your website that pukes and leaves. But that immediately gives you actionable insight about what you should be fixing. What, what campaigns are not working, what landing pages don't work, what keywords are not right, what websites are not right for you, things like that. So the fact that marketers is starting to use these simple, simple but extremely effective measures to take action, I think is, is, uh, is, is, is really a great sign of doing something right with web analytics. And the third example I wanted to give is, in partnership with a company called 4, uh, Eye Perceptions in Canada, mm-hmm. I, had, uh, I have uh, released a free survey tool, um, and it's called 4Q, the, the letter oh, 4 and yes, the alphabet i I'm absolutely
0: Q. very familiar with that. In fact, it oh, was brought okay. up on one of my team calls, uh, and uh, we're in the midst of giving it a shot uh, on our website, so uh, I highly endorse it as well.
1: Exactly. And, and the great thing about for Q is when people come to your website, when they leave the website on exit, it pops up and asks them three simple questions. And it asks them, why are you here? So it gives marketers a great understanding of why people come to your website. Now, you think your website exists to do X, Y, Z. And when you take that, the data from that survey uh, from your customers, you learn that people are coming there for W, Q, and Z. Mm-hmm. Three completely different reasons. <laughs> and one that you wanted them to do. So they're getting this voice of the customer extremely critical. And then the second question, ask them, you know, were you able to complete the task? And the people, uh, your customers can say yes or no, which helps you as a marketer understand, A, what areas uh, of your website, uh, what primary purpose are, is for your website. B, where your customers think you're failing, not based on just exits, not based on all these other metrics that you could use quantitative, but qualitative. So, So that's kind of, Three sort of specific examples using advanced segmentation, using ways of the customer, uh, and and these these really are, are using bounce rate, are great examples, specific examples of marketers adding value back to their business using data.
0: Right, right. In the meantime, I just shot off a note saying, when are we getting that 4Q thing running on our website?
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And it's totally free. The, the, the great thing about the web is you know, it's a totally free survey, and uh, it's a great resource, I think, from my perception. It's
0: definitely, definitely. Well, again, thank you for that. All right, so you know, how can web analytics really help drive business? I mean, you've talked a little bit about that. Talk a little bit more about how it drives and, and maybe even creates a lead generation for companies.
1: Right. I... I I think that there are a number of things you can do. When I when I think of growing my business, uh, what I try to think of is a good understanding of of. Uh of customer intent, people coming to your website, and uh, also sources of, of of traffic, so this is great so uh, a standard report in every single web analytics tool is the referring URL report essentially, what it says is the site the, the traffic that comes to your website comes from comes from these URLs or these other websites and that i I always look for that list to look for surprises if i'm if I 'm in the shoe business and I get traffic from nike well that's okay that's kind of related. But if I'm the shoe business and I get traffic from grandfather.com, you're like, whoa, what's going on here? How come grandfather.com is sending me traffic? And so uh, I look for surprises in the referring URL reports and look for businesses that are that i 'm not aware of, and then i 'll segment that and say uh, what is what is the outcome rate you know are people who come from the website um, actually submitting leads or buying something or getting the tech support questions answered If it is then i 'll use that list to identify new opportunities, new businesses that I should be I should be having a relationship with so that 's one, and the second thing I look for all the time is my search keyword report i 'm a huge fan I mean at the moment um, search google. Yahoo, Microsoft, Ask. Search dominates the landscape when it comes to acquisition for a lot of marketing, uh, marketers as well as for a lot of companies. Mm-hmm. And the search keyword report, I think, is chock full of intent. These are actually things people are typing in to get to you. And right. usually that is amazing amount of data that you can use to say, hey, what's going on here? Um, and, and, uh, and a corollary uh, uh, and a, uh, sort of a big sister of that is using your internal site search data and every website, in my blog, has a search right. engine on it, and and yep. your website has a search engine on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And, and to use that data, so, so going to analytics, look at the internal site search. What are the keywords that people are typing in your website in order to um, to find what they want? And I'll give you a specific example of this. Um, and this was from Best Buy. They used to they used to sell the the kegmeister 2000 or or, or you know mm, the thing okay. that you know you, you make beer. I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm putting I had a feeling that's this. What you referring to? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And and they would sell it around Super Bowl. It makes total sense, right? I mean, you're having uh-huh. big parties. you want a keg master in your house to pour beer and stuff like that. Uh, and after Super Bowl, they would sort of stop carrying it because it's, it's a little Super Bowl thing, I suppose, right. <laughs> to have kegs in your house. Um, but but what, when they analyzed the data in March, in, in April, it turns out on the internal site search report, people were still typing in Kegmeister 2000 and looking for Kegmeister 2000 on their website. Nice. When, when what the Best Buy thought is the demand is very seasonal. So based on the internal site search data, they have decided that the Kegmeister 2000, whatever the model number is, is now available 12 months a year. Right. Because the data showed that customers were interested in buying kegs techmeister, sorry, all around the year and not just um, during the seasonal term. So that's just one small example of using your internal site search data in order to actually. Um, actually identify uh, things that you should be doing that you might not be top of your mind. The other second example I would give you is from competitive intelligence. I recently wrote a post about using a tool called Google Insights for Search. Uh-huh. And Paul, I'll send you some of these links, um, and we can add that to the podcast page that, as absolutely. resources. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and I love using Insights for Search because for the first time, it allows you a peek into Google's organic search data. And this was something that was not available to people for the longest time. And what I do is, for products and services that are in my ecosystem, I actually go in and type those keywords, and I look for two specific things. The first thing I look for is a trend over time. The trend over time uh, is if, if the interest in this product or service that I'm selling, is it going up or down? Mm-hmm. Second, actually, um, I'll, I'll tell you four things. Um, okay. Second thing I look for is states in America, or actually the data is worldwide, but let's just use U.S. Indiana, states in the U.S. where there is interest in that product. So I'm selling widget uh, 235, right? I can type in widget 235 and it will tell me it's really hot in North Carolina, Florida, and Oregon. So, okay, great. I am not doing business in any of those states, so I'm going to start doing business in those states, right? Or when I launch campaigns, I'm going to target those states because clearly there is a lot of actual human search looking for the thing that I am selling, right? The last thing I would look at is at the very bottom of that report in the tool. It shows you related queries. What it shows is when people search for widget one, two, three, they also tend to search for these other things. And, and that really is a goldmine of new opportunities for a lot of marketers to say, all right, customers are associating these products or keywords or businesses together. Maybe there is something, a new idea, a new business, maybe a new extension of a service line that I might potentially be interested in. Uh, and, and at the very bottom of the report, what it shows you are the, the terms, uh, the, the searches that are becoming hot which means they're rising at a statistically significant uh, rate. They may not yet be in the top 10, but they're rising very fast, which to me is the crest of the wave, right? And and as I'm thinking about how to grow my business and and how to do these other amazing things, that report is really a great way for me to preempt my competitors and get started on some of these things that have not yet hit prime time but are, are, are rising fast enough that they will in the future.
0: Right. I mean, I I totally agree, especially taking the the search terms and looking at the internal search terms. When Uh you talked about that, I had done that. In fact, I even used that very effectively in presentations internally to people to say, this is what people think about us. This is what they are asking us for. We are burying this in the site. We need to do more of this. We need to produce more thought leadership even around these particular topics because that's a... That's the public perception of what we can provide them, because they are well, typing it right into there. This is what I think I'm looking for here. Let me right. see what that is. And, uh, and I always had about five of those terms in my pocket when doing you know, uh, presentations internally to talk about so that I'd say, oh, did you know this one's on the rise and this one's <laughs> around. So very interesting uh, um, metric, and uh, I totally agree with you there. So shifting gears a little bit. Can a web analytics, uh, can web analytics service a key performance indicator? And, and if so, which ones would you choose? And then before I sort of let you off on that one, right. uh, you know, fans of my blog will, will recognize that I've sort of grouped my metrics, and I talk mm-hmm. about metrics a lot, uh, sure. into three different buckets. You know, the first one is reach metrics, you know, sort of the uh, the hits and all of those, you know, flavors mm-hmm. of the month, which I relegate to that that area of my Very mind nice. as far as yeah, yeah. being a reach thing. And let's not send that to the CEO, right? Right. Uh, then efficiency, you know, cost per click, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many acquisitions are we making off of that?
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and the, those metrics I put a lot more prominence on, obviously, since that's the second level, right? But then the third level is what I call value metrics. And mm-hmm. those are pipeline entries. Those are, you know, bookings and ROI, you know, right. ringing the cash register, especially right. for the company. and And that is what I send to the CEO, right? Those are the right. ones that that go up there. I mean, i am certainly not so sending the hits. So um, uh, so uh, which ones do you think you would use, and hopefully I haven't you know cannibalized your your answer here. Uh, with my uh, no, own no,
1: no, no. Well, I, I think know, that, um, I, they could... say that the thing is like we've, we've, we've really not known each other in a very deep way, and yet the amazing thing, Paul, is that if, if you look at my book, I, I talk about the Trinity, Trinity strategy as a foundational mindset for web analytics, and it has three components, just like yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, correct. And, and <laughs> this is amazing, right? And uh, the three components I talk about are behavior, experience, and outcomes. And, and we're not going to. Spend too much time on this here, but the amazing thing is there is a quite a quite a bit correlation uh, uh, not one hundred percent but quite a bit in terms of how you have created your framework to think about things, and, and what the Trinity strategy says that you should think about. So, so that's amazing. So we're, 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 we're in certainly a, a good wavelength here. Excellent. <laughs> um, Excellent. But I'll give, you, I'll give you an example of, of um, sort of each element, a, a KPI that I would put. Actually the answer to your question is yes, I mean it totally is yes. Um, if there's one thing romantics can do and do really well, it's, it's certainly uh, helping you identify, A, the critical few metrics you should be tracking. So I'm a big fan of this mindset of critical few, not 50,000. Um, and the, the, the other concept is, is just identifying performance indicators. And, and um, some of my favorite ones, uh, actually one of my favorite, absolute favorite ones, is called days and visits to purchase or days and visits to outcome. Mm -hmm. And and this is available as standard in Google Analytics. It's available in many other tools as well. And what it measures is uh, the number of days or the number of visits, because you could have 10 visits in one day, right? The number of days of visits it takes for somebody to submit a lead to you Mm -hmm. or place an order or sign up for an email newsletter, right? Any outcome that you're driving at. I, I call it purchases, but really it's any outcome you're driving at. And and this is great because it gives you amazing insight into your customers' um, uh, sort of behavior. Because I'll give you an example. I was analyzing an airline company's uh, airline uh, consolidators' website, and they always they they'd execute their business as if they were having one night stands. You know, as soon as the customer comes to the website, buy, 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 or sleep with me, sleep with me, sleep with me. Yeah. That's really not how life works. Nobody sleeps with really on the first
0: I've thing. noticed that, by the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yet, you know, airline business is, is, is like, you know, it, the ticket costs rise uh, exponentially every day. <laughs> you know? um, and that's kind of what fueled the model. But when they looked at the days to purchase, it turns out that only about 38% of the people on this, and this is one of the largest sites in the world, by the way, uh, only about 38 to 40% purchased on the same day in three visits for one day. And, and, about, and the other traffic was very distributed and there was about 25% of traffic that would purchase from them um, in, uh, in three months to five months. And it's like, wow, why is it that you would search a ticket today and buy it three to five months later when guaranteed you're paying multiple times the price that you would have paid today? But the interesting thing is knowing that that's how their customers behave caused this airline company to start offering sort of email follow-ups or save your cart or can we bring you when your price increases, but all this rich suite of tools that were helpful to these people who would purchase later, and yet it increased the number of people who would buy sooner from their website. I'm a huge fan of using your data to understand how your customers are behaving and that's why days and visits to purchase is a great metric. Mm. The other great metric that I would share directly with the CEO is called task completion rate and this is the one that comes from the survey, is oftentimes what we do is we use passive measures, uh, such as number of exits from our websites, or bounces on our website, or conversion rate on our website, or the number of leads received, or the number of carts abandoned. And these are all passive measures of success because we're using our web analytics data Task completion rate is from the survey that pops up on exit and asks the customer to tell us yes or no, were you able to complete the task. I'm a big fan of using this KPI because I can put it in front of the CEO and say this is an objective measure, not my opinion, not your opinion, not Paul's opinion, but the opinion of our customers if they're able to complete the task they're coming for, whatever it was, whether it could be looking at your picture, downloading something, reading an article, buying something, submitting a lead, doesn't really matter. So a big fan sort of task completion rate as, as, a, as a powerful metric. And um, Another metric that I'm very fond of, and I, I think this I would put Paul in your second category, okay, um, or what I call behavior analysis, and and um, that is uh, loyalty and recency. These are sort of brother metrics or brother sister metrics, okay. Yep. And, and what it shows you is how good is your website at creating an engaging enough experience with your customers that they choose to come back again and again and again, right? It, that your website is creating loyalty with the visitors to your website. So I'm a big fan of measuring loyalty. And recency is another KPI that I'm very fond of. And, and what recency measures is, what is the gap, the number of days or number of hours between each visit to your website by your customers? And, and so, for example, think about Facebook for, as an example, right? Right. Facebook doesn't have any monetization, well, they, they're starting to show some ads, but essentially, it's, it, there's no monetization. What they're trying to say is, let's create an experience that's engaging enough, that that's, that sort of sucks people in enough that they, they come to our website again and again, they will super poke everyone and friend everyone, and give them <laughs> annoying applications, you oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, but, but let's create an experience that gets people to come again and again, and, and what Facebook can use as a measure of success is a metric called recency, and and and, um, and and for example, I was analyzing a social networking website recently, and it's not Facebook, and for this social networking website, it turns out uh, that 66% of the people visited the website less than zero days ago. That's a phenomenal metric. It means most of the traffic on the website had visited at least twice in one day, one right. day. So clearly, these people have nothing better to do. Nonetheless, <laughs> for the website, it was a phenomenal measure of success to say, yes, we are indeed creating this kind of an experience to get people to come again and again. And, and, and what they said is, okay, next month, we're going to get you to 70, Right. And it's a great way to measure success. I've shared with you sort of three very different KPIs yeah. that normally I think marketers don't think about. And everybody can measure conversion rate. Everybody can measure all of these other things that are very obvious. But hopefully these three, are, uh, these, these three KPIs or, or five different metrics I mentioned are great examples of alternatives that will spark the juices of the marketers who are going to listen to your podcast.
0: Definitely. I know I'm going. Um, now, uh, I put into Twitter that I was on the phone here with you and recording this podcast and asked if there were any questions, and I got two questions. So oh, you know, my this God. Is the rapid fire part of the program. <laughs> uh, you that this question from Tim Peter, who asks, ask Avinash, what one metric do folks ignore that they ought to pay attention to? So rapid fire, what do you think?
1: Right. I I would say bounce rate, the one we discussed a few minutes ago. I think it's one valuable metric they ignore.
0: Okay. Uh, Mike Gauthier, a friend of mine as well, uh, asked, do you have an example of a good B2B dashboard or his view on how to structure one?
1: Yes. So um, I have seen a bunch. Sadly, I can't share their names of the companies, but I've worked with B2B companies a lot. I gave a talk recently to 100 B2B marketers. What I will do uh, for Mike is I will send you a link, Paul, that touches exactly on this, how to build an actionable dashboard. And I'll send it to you and and we can share that with Mike.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, Avinash, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And for our listeners, now it's your turn. Please let us know uh, if you have any questions for Avinash or how you might be using web analytics. We'd be glad to keep this conversation going with you online, and we'll be back again next week with another podcast. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to having you back next week on another Buzz Marketing for Technology podcast.